Capone is a 2020 crime film starring Tom Hardy as the notorious gangster Al Capone in a biopic directed by Josh Trank. I've been following it for a year or two now on the channel, and the movie has quite a history. Trank of course came into the limelight with his found footage hit Chronicle, and then directed the big budget superhero flop Fantastic Four, which, after rumours of appalling behaviour on set from the filmmaker, sent him back into the abyss. In need of a comeback, five years later he's teamed up with one of the most popular Hollywood actors in Tom Hardy, a man who's already played quite a few famous criminals, including both of the Cray brothers. Capone was filmed yonks ago, but after it was completed it seemingly disappeared. There was no new news about it for a long time, until just a few weeks ago when it was announced the movie was going to be released on demand online, which it was a few years ago because of the virus pandemic. I imagine the initial envisioned release was something more grand, maybe a Best Actor Oscar campaign for Hardy and a long marketing campaign touting the movie as Josh Trank's big comeback. The reality is, is that a lot of people don't even know this movie is already out. So Capone decides to do something a little different than what we're used to. Previous Al Capone movies have either tried to squeeze all the notable events of his life into a feature length runtime, whilst others have chosen to tackle specific events such as his incarceration or the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Trank's Capone fast forwards everything, skips all of that, to not only after when Capone has been sent to prison, but after he's been released and when he's living in his Florida home at the age of 47 during the very last year of his life. During this time, Capone's mental state had deteriorated as he was suffering from syphilis and, as one character in the movie puts it, full-blown dementia, even though that kind of colloquialism wasn't used back then when the film is set. So the entire film takes place over seemingly the course of a few days during Capone's last year. That's going to come as quite a major shock to some people, because that means no Tommy gun shootouts or mob meetings with fedora overloads. The movie contains no flashbacks to Capone's heyday, only a few brief Alice in Wonderland style sequences where Capone's memories, fantasies and reality becomes fused and for much of the runtime we can't really be too sure if what we're seeing is real or in his head. So just to reiterate, they've tried something different with this film and it is not a gangster movie. It is pretty much a film about a mentally handicapped guy sitting on his porch and staring into his garden, drooling every so often. And as however interesting you think that may sound, is how interesting this film is. I don't even know where to start with this film. Alright, so let's start with Tom Hardy as Capone. I mentioned about a year ago that Hardy said that his voice in the film was inspired by Bugs Bunny. And he wasn't kidding, because I did a double take when I heard him speak. He actually speaks like this. My name is Al Capone, and I look like a goblin extra from Lord of the Rings. That's a terrible impersonation, I apologise. But he actually sounds like Bugs Bunny doing Edward G. Robinson. It sounds like a parody, like a Looney Tunes character. The way he talked actually made me laugh quite a few times throughout the movie, like one part where he gets slapped by a woman, and then there's this momentary silence, followed by his Ow. It's just perfectly timed, the only thing missing was the laugh track. Everything about him is over the top, from the amount of grumbling and mumbling he does, the way he talks and the cartoonish way he looks. He would have looked at home in a Dick Tracy movie or a Saturday Night Live sketch. Hardy's performance itself isn't too bad for what he was going for. It's more unconventional, 
but he really doesn't have that much to do in the film, aside from sit and stare and occasionally grumble. His character also seems at odds with those around him, like he walked off the set of a Harry Potter film, because everyone else is acting, shall we say, normal. And then there's Hardy, failing his arms everywhere and spluttering and falling on his arse every half an hour. I understand that Trang is trying to humanise Capone and demystify him, and showcase just how different his later years were from his heyday. He even listens to a recreation of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre on the radio, and is unable to comprehend what is going on or recognise himself. I understand what Trank was going for. Capone is distant in every way to those around him. His family are trying to get through to him, and connect, but he's too far gone, and he isn't able to recognise those around him, and even when he does, half the time he's talking to people who aren't there. But the level of ingenuity and subtlety when it comes to the introspectiveness and surreal aspects of the film is schoolboy level stuff, like Capone talking to someone sitting in a chair, and then another character comes along all confused, and we cut to a wide shot, showing that there's no one actually sitting with Capone, he was talking to a figment of his imagination. We've seen this kind of stuff before so many times, it's so basic, and the way the film handles it, it's like the movie thinks it's so clever by giving us scenes like this when they're telegraphed a mile away. Plus, I feel the movie cheats when it comes to this as well, because there's one character who spends a lot of time with Capone, who is later revealed to be a figment of his imagination, a nightmare haunting him from his violent past. But the thing is, we are shown this character in scenes separate to Capone, like when he's doing his girlfriend. That's just straight up cheating. It would be like if Brad Pitt had a lot of screen time to himself without Ed Norton in Fight Club. It's disingenuous and intentionally misleading. And going back to the deconstruction of Al Capone, I'm not sure Trank's definition of the word demystifying is quite the same as the rest of the world, because his presentation of an empathetic, real-world, past-his-prime Al Capone involves seemingly trying to sabotage the image of Capone, like Trank has some kind of personal revenge mission against Al Capone. Maybe Capone did a drive-by on Trank's great-granddad or something, because a highlight reel of the movie would involve Capone pissing his pants, shitting the bed, falling on his backside, watching The Wizard of Oz, and starting a karaoke when the lion does his song, being tricked into chomping on a carrot instead of a cigar, and subsequently spending half the movie with a carrot in his mouth, and dressing up as a woman. I'm not even joking, look, here's a shot of Capone dressing up like a foxy lady, and everything I just mentioned happens in the movie. There's one part where he runs after a kid with a balloon, and the balloon's always hovering around in the background during a few scenes here and there, and you might be forgiven for thinking you accidentally started watching some deleted scenes from the It movies, you know, those clown films. Shitting his pants is probably the most frequent thing Capone does in this film. There's one part where Capone is interviewed by the FBI, which is the funniest scene from any 2020 movie I've seen so far. It's bloody bonkers, and by this point I was sure, or at least desperately hopeful, that Trank was taking the piss, because surely he doesn't think his film is some kind of high art. The FBI guy asks Capone a bunch of questions, and Capone inventively takes the Fifth Amendment by dropping his chin and just going, <laughs> snoring away like a scene from a Will Ferrell comedy. And then it only gets funnier, and by this point I was actually laughing out loud. The FBI guy starts saying something like, Where's the money, Al? Where have you hidden the money? And Capone strategically changes the subject by letting rip a massive bazooka a proper full-on eggs and bacon which artfully transcends into a kind of egg boiler sound 
as clearly Capone has once again shat himself. And it doesn't end there because there's just time for one last hurrah of the arse trumpet with a perfectly timed concluding after the lawyer declares Al Capone doesn't have any idea what's going on. It was hilarious. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was like they accidentally left one of the outtakes in the film where the cast and crew are just messing around and farting with each other. It was by far the most entertaining scene in the film where pretty much nothing else happens. And it's not as if it was delivered with some wit or irony or a sense of humour. Every scene in this film is flat and without flair. The movie has no tone. It isn't comedic. It isn't filled with tension. It's just nothing. An hour and 45 minutes of nothingness with the occasional unintentional humour from the constipated looking Capone. I don't think I've ever seen a crime film so boring and yet so entertaining at the same time, but for all the wrong reasons. Maybe Mobtown, which I watched and reviewed on the channel last year, but that film didn't have Tom Hardy diarrhea blasting his way through an FBI interrogation. It's such a bizarre movie. It feels like someone took a three hour film and cut it down to an hour and 45 minutes. But the bad part is, is that unlike Fantastic Four, Josh Trank has repeatedly said that Capone is his baby and he had full creative control over it. So there's nowhere to hide now. So many plot threads are half-assed and go as quickly as they come. There's a small little bit about Capone suspecting the feds are watching him, which they are. Something about his estranged son wanting to reconnect. Another thing about Capone stashing away $10 million and guys who work for him are looking for it so they can profit. But all of these things come and go like fleeting passing thoughts that Trank was brainstorming as opposed to fleshed out plot threads. The movie is actually very bad. There's no structure, no rhythm. You could take scenes from the film and mix and mash them around the runtime and it wouldn't make any difference to the film. You could even take the last scene and put it somewhere near the middle or a scene from the beginning and put it near the end. It would make absolutely no difference. Like when the cop goes to his superior and says that he suspects Capone is hiding money and wants permission to pursue the case. That happens about 25 minutes before the film ends. I was checking to see how much more of the movie there was because I felt the story was just about to get going. And it turned out I was 10 minutes away from the end credits. Every character aside from Capone is like a piece of furniture. His wife, the sister or sister-in-law, the cops, the goons, the gardener. There's no difference or individuality to any of these characters. They have no substance or anything to add to the movie. It's not plot-driven in the slightest. I understand that. And instead the movie presents itself as a character study of a man haunted by his violent past. The thing is though, we never see this past. There are no scenes of why Capone is suffering from these trippy hallucinations. I mean, we know he has syphilis, but we haven't seen what's haunting him. We're just supposed to assume that he lived an evil life because we already know of Al Capone. And what we're left with is a farting zombie sitting on his porch who almost gets his cock munched off by an alligator. It does not make for compelling viewing. It would be like watching The Irishman, but the movie only showing us the scenes of Robert De Niro all old when he's alone and full of regret. These scenes are meaningless without us knowing the context and sitting through three hours worth of the character's life. With Capone, the whole film is meaningless. It feels like it's trying to be that last half hour of The Irishman. It feels like an epilogue that's been stretched to one hour and 45 minutes. It feels like a stale cup of coffee after a filling meal, but we never got the meal. The movie goes around in circles. It does not go anywhere, it does not lead to anything, there is no narrative, just a collection of boring scenes mixed in with funny as fuck ones. Imagine if you watch this and you don't even know who Capone is, 
Try explaining to that filmgoer why he just sat through almost two hours of an ogre masquerading as a clown, staring absently into space. Aside from each progressing scene seemingly having the intention of Hardy trying to outdo how disgusting he looked and acted in the last one, the movie is very dry and dull. Capone has no idea what's going on, and we as the audience have even less idea as to what is going on. Without the inclusion of Tom Hardy, I can very much see this film being a direct-to-DVD flick that few would ever know the existence of. It's the kind of movie that you'd find in the bin in Walmart. No, not the bargain bin, the actual fucking bin. It's a complete mess, a boring fart that's flatly shot and entertaining for all the wrong reasons. When you think of the Al Capone movies, like the 1959 Rod Steiger one, The Untouchables with Robert De Niro, this film feels like an insult to be talked about in the same breath. I feel like I've been shortchanged by a racket of Capone, rather than a biopic of the man himself. I give this aimless flick a 4 out of 10 for making me laugh a few times when it wasn't supposed to. Thanks for watching.